Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour. We have a beautiful guest for you today. We have Nicoletta Heidegger, a dear friend. She is a therapist, a sexologist, and an educator. You don't want to miss it. But before I bring on Nicoletta, where's Patty? I have no idea. No, if you are listening or watching this on the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, August 7th. Yes, it's August. We're a week in. Ha, almost Halloween. Let's go that. I am packing my bags is where I am. I am getting ready this weekend to go to Hexfest in New Orleans. Christian Day's big, beautiful. Everybody from the magical community comes. Um, it's, it's center of New Orleans. I'm teaching three different workshops. I'm teaching um, from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World. I'm teaching dragon magic. I'm treating... I'm teaching. I'm teaching a seance class on how to do seances and how to open up your gifts. And I'm on a panel. So I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to be fangirling out of all the people there. And after that, then I'm going to be gone for a week or so filming with the Ghost Finders, Rob Thompson, and the Ghost Finders, and coming home right to go to Michigan Paracon. Um, so the end of the month, I will be way up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, at one of the funnest funnest um events out there michigan paracon everybody goes that and it's so far away you have to take little bitty bitty planes just to get there they all pile us we got the big plane and then you get the big plane and then you get the little bitty plane and we're in the middle of nowhere and it's magical so join us there if you can um, and then September, I've got two gigs. Actually, I'm doing a witchy weekend in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the first time um, with I'm really excited what we're going to do there, what we're going to do. And then I am moving right to Massachusetts Paracon, my friend Sam Baltrusis. So I'm switching coast, going to be over Massachusetts Paracon. And then October, all heck breaks loose. I'm going to be Orange County Paracon, Vulture City Paracon, Endless Night Vampire Ball back to New Russia, Mid-Michigan Paracon. So for that, just go to my website, pattynegri.com. Follow me on social media. I have it all listed there. Um, sign up for my newsletter. I send out about once a month, maybe, When, I, but you'll see what's going on, any TV stuff I have, any live appearances. And that would make me very, very happy. Follow me on social media. You can get to my correct social medias right from my website as well. Um, Tuesday night, I'm teaching my regular class at University Magicus. Wednesday night, I have been also doing a continuing series, a goddess series with Sebastian, my friend and business partner. Um, so Tuesday, I'm teaching magical things. And Wednesday, we're thinking teaching goddess things. So other than that, which is movie coven. I was testing you. I was testing you. I will <laughs> not really. Um, yes, it is time for Wednesday live 6 p.m. West Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, which is movie coven where Heather, Jason, Courtney, Richard Leal, Lallard, and I argue about which movies. It's fabulous. Wands up, wands down. We don't agree, but we have a really good time. And you guys, since it's live, get your live input. You're right there in the chat room. We're putting them up on the board, what you guys are saying. And it's like one of the funnest hours all week. So grab popcorn, grab your drink, and wrap yourself in a witch's movie coven blanket. What? You don't have a witch's movie coven blanket? Ah! 
these you got to go to mysterycontrol.com mysterycontrol.com you can get witches movie coven merch you can get scared and alone merch you can get patty negri merch you can get my spellcaster line and of course my everybody has to have a pair patty's power panties a spell in every pair change your underwear change your life I just want a t-shirt that says that. Change your underwear, change your life. Anyway, that's it for Where's Patty. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Guess what time it is? It's time for the Willow Report. This Willow Report, we're just going to talk about summer a little bit and the heat. Well, where we live, it gets hot in summer, in August, and almost everywhere it does. So be extra, extra careful with your puppies in the heat. Because we live in the city, and she plays in the backyard in the dirt every day and every afternoon. But be careful on your city dog walks with the sidewalk. The sidewalks get too hot. We've been taking her out for a morning walk and an evening walk, and the afternoon in the heat play date in the grass. But make sure that before you take your puppy out, that put your hand down, touch the ground. If it's too hot for your hand, it's too hot for their cute little paws. And these are very, very cute little paws. We don't want them to get hot. So notice, make sure that they have a place to get cool always. Make sure they have water always, always, always. Because there are babies and we have to take care of them. And it's hot right now. I have actually noticed she's a little bit less energy. Even though we do live in an air-conditioned house, she's like not as excited about the walks. She's toned it down a little on the play dates. She still has fun and they still run. But if they're smart enough to take the heat into consideration, we should be too. Otherwise, your dog's smarter than you are. Which could be the case in my case. That's the Willow Report. everybody for this week's magic lesson we're not going to do a spell specifically we're going to talk about residual energy we know that everything in the world is energy we are energy ghosts are energy spell working focuses directs and blasts energy to where you want it to go that's what a spell working is the same thing it is with that's what your prayer you're sending off to the world your vision boards your affirmations your manifestation whatever you want to call it what you're manifesting as you always know i go mind body spirit is what it is you have to believe what you're doing and that you're capable of it and you're worthy of it because psychologically wise we can never bypass our own thought pattern body you got to get off the couch you got to take action that's what you're doing the spell working for the spirit is the magic you put behind it again your prayer your spell working your candle work and then you send it off you as i can look at everything you've accomplished in your life and you believed you could do it and that you deserved it. You got off the couch and took action and you had the faith or magic behind it. So now you've done your spell, you've done your working. I've got new money consciousness. I'm going to bring in a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I'm bringing in health. I'm getting rid of the bad energy in myself or in my house. And you've done everything right. And you've put your passion into it because passion is everything. But then the next day, you're feeling just like you did the day before. That's residual energy. It's not real. We, we had gotten so used to having a way of being. You can call it an egregore. You can call it all sorts of things. I'm going to keep it simple. We are just used to having a no money 
way of thinking, a no love way of thinking, a not healthy way of thinking. We have to change that thought pattern and that thought pattern is stuck in a habit. The way, best way I explained it, residual ed energy is like, say you book some really yummy chocolate chip cookies. Oh my God, they were just so good, but you ate them all or somebody ate them all but the smell lingers. You smell chocolate chip cookies, but there's no cookies there. But let's turn it around. Let's say it's a dog poop. Let's say it's dog poop on your shoe. Forget the cookies because you're getting rid of anger or fear or money problems or whatever. So you, you stepped in dog poop and it stunk. You cleaned your shoe. Your shoe looks perfect now, but it still stinks. That's the residual energy. And you often are going to feel it after a manifestation or spell working or anything, but you have to know that it's not real. Come up with a little like, oh, wait, I feel like I've still got a fring attached to my head, but I know I don't. That's the habit of it. So release it. I like to come up with a hand movement like, woo woo, that's residual. That's not real. That's the dog poop smell on the shoe. The poop's gone. Just put the awareness in your head and everything changes. I can't tell you over the years and decades of people that I did the spell. I did your money spell. I did. And but the next day it was all back. No, it wasn't back. Your belief system of it is back. You're living into it is back. And if you just let go of that emotionally, consciously in your brain, you'll see it's not there at all. It's not there at all. So think of the chocolate chip cookies. They're gone. Think of the dog poop on the shoe. You cleaned it up and it still stinks. So put that into part of your magical practice because it just takes, the smells just got to wear off a little bit. And especially if you've had it a long time, if you've been looking for a lover a long, long, long time with the spell working, you've started that magic to switch it. But you, your essence, your scent, your, your smell has to get used to it and live into it too. Let it go and your spell takes shape. That's it. Magic is everywhere. Just got to get the odor out once in a while. I have some fun magic for us today. Some sexy magic for us today. Let me introduce you to my friend, Nicoletta Heidegger. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist practicing in Los Angeles, California. She specializes in trauma-informed sex therapy and diverse populations, as well as equine-assisted psychotherapy. I will go into everything else later, but let me bring her on. You're gonna, you're gonna love her like I do. Hi, Nicoletta, thank you so much for coming on my show. Hi, I'm so happy to be back here with you. Yeah, we just we ran into each other at the airport recently. We we flew together I, un unknowingly. It was like Nicoletta, yay! Yeah, it was total kismet. I uh, we don't get to see each other as often as I would like, and the universe reminded us to reconnect. Exactly. Okay, so tell everybody a little bit about what you do, because a lot of people are gonna not get. I mean, they'll probably get the family <laughs> therapist part, but getting into the sexologist. I'm teaching a class on sex magic tomorrow. But yes. Just how you came into this world and and I, you know, was lucky to have some parents who were pretty supportive about uh, my own sort of sexual and relational exploration. A lot of folks' parents aren't because uh, they weren't taught either. And so it's sort of been my life's mission to help people reduce shame around their sexual selves and to find more pleasure. I 
you know, sexuality and eroticism is such an important part of my life. And I have found it to be so powerful in so many ways. And so it's really been my goal to help people kind of minimize those barriers and help them to get more connected to themselves, to the world, to others, so that they can have as much pleasure as they want, hopefully expanding their pleasure potential. And I've kind of been into this since high school and all roads sort of led here. I was always the person who people came to ask advice of and questions of. And going to college, I worked at like the Sexual Health Resource Center and ended up writing a sex column in my senior year at Stanford. And basically it just all kind of led to here. And so now I see folks in private practice. I see individuals, couples, thruples, moresomes, <laughs> uh, all kinds of uh, relationship configurations. And people come see me when they are not having the kind of pleasure or intimacy that they're wanting to have, uh, when they feel like misaligned from themselves or potentially from a partner, either in terms of like what they want in a relationship or what they want sexually. I also see folks who, you know, are struggling with um, past trauma experiences that they've had, uh, people on their gender journeys, people who experience unwanted pain during intimacy, which is uh, pretty common. Kind of, it, it's like regular talk therapy, except we actually talk about sex, whereas most general therapists might not broach the topic, if at all. So we still, it seems to me, and I'm certainly not a sex therapist or a therapist, we still, as modern as we think, think we are, are like this ridiculously prudish, held in society and world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we definitely have a lot of puritanical roots and it's this like systemic thing where like our parents didn't learn this, their parents didn't learn this. And, and so it just kind of gets passed down. And unfortunately, even in the field of mental health and um, just healthcare in general, most doctors or therapists get maybe like one class, if at all, on this topic. And so they, you know, don't even really know what to say, clinically speaking, but they also haven't been asked to do that sort of internal work themselves to even be able to feel comfortable to talk about this topic with other people. So um, it unfortunately kind of creates this, um, we like, sh we like shadow work in other ways, but it creates this uh, maybe negative shadow where people just like don't touch that. Um, and yeah, I, I, it really affects people's lives in a negative way from what I've experienced. What do you think most people, you think it's just a no, not just don't know what they're supposed to do or like, or know, or, or shame feelings like you were saying, or yeah. an inability to talk about it, whether on their own with partners or. Yeah. I mean, I think this is where there's like an intersection maybe with, with magic in a way is that I do think that we are taught in our culture to not be embodied, to not be connected to our body, to the world around us, because that is how sort of with the industrial complex or the industrial revolution, like what kept us in that sort of capitalistic um, rat race, right? Like, don't think about how you're feeling, just do it, right? If something's going wrong, if you're noticing like uh, you're feeling tired, like just push through it, just white knuckle it. And so that is sort of what has, um, had our culture move forward in terms of progress is people just like not listening, encouraging people to not listen to themselves to not pay attention to what they're feeling. And so I think a lot of people feel really uncomfortable when things involve their body. Um, they really aren't sure what's happening. They're not in tune with like their actual body sensations because they've maybe been taught not to or that that's not important. Um, and then, yeah, most of us don't receive comprehensive sex ed, if at all. Like, do you remember what your sex ed was like if you had any? Hardly any. It was like 
a, a bad movie and giggling boys. That's all I remember. Yeah, that's like for a lot of people, right? And so, um, you know, it, we learn to do lots of other things. You can learn to do magic. You can learn to drive a car. You can learn to practice all these things. But most people, for some reason, when it comes to intimacy and relationships, they think it's just supposed to come naturally. So there's mm -hmm. this like shame spiral of like, well, I guess some people are just good and some people just aren't good at it. And we just won't talk about it and we won't work at it. We won't take classes on it. Um, and, you know, we learn how to do other things. Why can't we learn how to do better at this? So that's what I help people do. It's a lot of re-educating. Wow. So how much do you think uh, sex issues affect relationships? I mean, because it's such yeah. an integral part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hugely, which is why it's so shocking to me that most therapists don't get any classes on this. Um, so not saying we can specialize in everything. Like I get that not all general therapists can, um, you know, have every kind of specialization. And it's such a huge part of relating to oneself and the world and being in relationship. And when I say sex, I guess I want to I, I always encourage clients to expand their definition of it. So I almost prefer to just say pleasure um, because I think when we think of sex, we maybe think like certain kind of parts intercourse. Um, mm -hmm. And so I really try to expand people's definition of sex as I guess you might do maybe with, with magic as well is like, it can look different to different people, helping people get connected to what they want, really expanding what pleasure can look like. And it doesn't even have to be overtly, our society's definition of sex. Um, and so to me, I think that's, that's really key when in some of the questions you're asking me is like, how do we, how do we expand this to really help people get more in touch with pleasure? And to me, that's so related to relationships, because again, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know uh, what's normal, if you don't know what's possible, and then you also don't know how to even say the words or get the words around sex and intimacy in your mouth, that's a lot of stuff that is missing from your relationship. And that can also include if you're in a relationship that doesn't want to, you know, be sexual. Um, yes. This applies to people to, you know, make an informed decision of how they want pleasure to be related to their life. Right. I like that. I like using pleasure. So what are people to do? So I'm sure people are watching or listening now going, Oh yeah, my, my life is kind of like that. I don't talk about it. I don't, do whatever with myself or with partners or anything else. What would be some of your first suggestions for people to, you know, if they're not ready to come, you know, to, to see you or to see a professional to, right. to start taking on their own pleasure? I was going to say sexuality. I was going to say pleasure. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, of course, you know, if you are ready to come see somebody like me, I'm happy to, to hear from folks. And if if I'm not the person, I, I can refer you to someone who is. Or, you know, I host one and two day events and things that kind of help people start these conversations. I have one coming up in August, one in October. So um, there's lots of ways to do it. There's also some really wonderful books um, to kind of get started. But if you're not even, if you're feeling even like too... Um, overwhelmed maybe by the thought of like reading a book on sexuality and things like that. Um, for pleasure, I would say creating an intentional pleasure practice. And again, when I say pleasure, that doesn't necessarily mean sexual. And here's where it can become sort of magical and, and maybe ritualistic. And for the, I doubt you have people who watch who maybe aren't into the the woo-woo, as you'd call it. Uh, but if you, if you stumbled upon this and you're like, I'm not into magic, I'm not into that stuff, there is a science behind this as well in terms of how our practices inform the way we feel about ourselves and our world. And so 
a pleasure practice for me can start as simply as in the morning before you check your phone, and I'm guilty of this immediately reaching for my phone, before you check your phone, before you answer your emails, before you text your friend Patty, uh, you know, instead of doing any of that first, find something that you can do that is just for you, just for the sake of doing it. So it doesn't have a goal other than pleasure. Um, it's not for somebody, it's not uh, for an outcome, but something that you just enjoy doing. There are some folks out there who are like, well, I don't know what I enjoy doing. So you may have to try on a couple things uh, before, but this could be as simple as I'm going to put my favorite song on that I know I like and just like stretch and roll around in the bed uh, for 30 seconds before I go do other stuff. Um, or maybe if you're like, I don't even have time for that, pick something that you're already doing and see if you can slow it down a little to see what it feels like in your body. So maybe something automatic that we do is like, hopefully you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Uh, if you're not, you may need some additional support in terms of self-worth and other things. Um, but let's say brushing your teeth, maybe seeing if you can, I like to encourage people to act like aliens and I'm a big alien fan. So pretend that you're an alien brushing your teeth for the first time and like, Take your time looking at the brush, seeing what it feels like in your mouth, like slowing down something you already do and seeing if you can find a neutral to pleasant physical sensation in your body in a slowed down way. And that's it. This is the way to start in a hopefully what I would call a smart goal way, um, which is something that's like specific, um, manageable, attainable, realistic, and like a short amount of time. So almost like so small that it feels silly. Um, and once you start practicing this, you're going to build that muscle, uh, you know, to be able to experience more pleasure, um, but start really small. I love that. And so it's kind of an awareness thing because we go through life. So zombie, it's an awareness of how yeah. you're feeling with brushing your teeth or whatever you're choosing to do. Exactly. It's an awareness. It's an awareness of some body sensations. It's an awareness of feelings. Um, but it's also teaching your brain that you're carving out intentional time that is just for you. So it's teaching and kind of creating this neuroplasticity of you deserve to take up a little more space. You deserve to have a little more time. You deserve to focus on you in a really small starting way. That's beautiful. So, okay. So I'm doing this now. I'm beginning to wear, I brush my teeth. I do all mm -hmm. sorts of things. I dance around. Um, and then you just choose to take it into your uh, sexual life, sensual life, relationship life. It, that will help go. Yeah, ab absolutely. So I would say next step would be to expand that a little bit. So if you started with 30 seconds, make it a minute, make it five minutes, make it a whole hour. Um, if you're feeling like you're starting to maybe wanting to move that into the more like overtly sensual intimate space, um, I might encourage you to read some books on this. Um, this is good for all bodies, but I would say it's definitely directed towards like people who um, have vulvas. Um, there's a book called Come As You Are, um, I think, which is uh, really helpful for folks um, to kind of get started on some of this uh, to really help you um, maybe unlearn and relearn some things that you didn't know before. Um, additionally, uh, there are some really wonderful like classes, like I said, online, um, if you're feeling not ready to kind of like bring this into your relationship or, you know, 
there's no shame in finding somebody like me. Go to a sex therapist, like find somebody to talk to um, or listen to a podcast. There's a great amount of podcasts on this to just practice getting this. And, and I host one too. It's called Sluts yes. and Scholars. Um, but there, there's so many wonderful ones out there so that hopefully you can start to get comfortable having some of these topics and words in your your space. That's beautiful. How much do you think people's, again, pleasure, sexual, sensual is just, be, well, it would start out about their own. I'm just, my head's going crazy. So I have their own body image issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's huge. I think there's a, how do I say this? Um, there's a concept known as positive affect tolerance. Have you heard this before? No, tell us. Um, so, you know, I think we can a little more easily say that we have maybe limits um, on negative feelings. Some people maybe don't if they're like really struggling to be present in their body. But like, for example, I think it's easier to know maybe that when we have a trigger to something, um, like something negative, we can often like look at the the negative stuff or the shadow stuff maybe a little more easily. Um, positive affect tolerance is kind of on the other side of things. So this means that in addition to having a tolerance to things that are uncomfortable, um, that we might put into like a negative category, that we also have a tolerance for pleasure and things that are neutral and positive. And so what this means or what this can look like if someone has a low positive affect tolerance is they struggle to receive compliments. Uh, they struggle to receive pleasure. They struggle to receive help. Um, they struggle to just receive in general without feeling like they have to do something back. Um, but the good thing about a tolerance is that you can grow and expand it. So if you're like, oh crap, I have a low tolerance, it's okay. We can you know, work to expand it with one of the practices I was, you know, sharing with Patty before. Um, and the reason for this, the reason some people have that is low self-esteem, right? They don't feel like they deserve to receive. They don't feel like they are worth receiving. Um, it can also come from a place of trauma, meaning like maybe they grew up in a situation where when they did receive, then somebody held it against them. Uh, or they were punished for it. So it wasn't safe to just receive. Um, it can also come from a place of, uh, you know, certain certain folks have a harder time getting in touch with their body. So whether that's due to um, neurodiversity or anxiety or, um, yeah, like the self-worth things, a lot of people maybe struggle with knowing what they're sensing in their body. Um, and this can definitely be something that's practiced. So some people struggle to receive because they're like, I don't know what these feelings are, uh, what's going on, and it's kind of overwhelming. Um, so a that's just sort of a, a few reasons. But a lot of people struggle with this positive affect tolerance, and um, that can be a you know a big a big barrier for people. I honestly, I don't think a day goes by that I don't hear somebody compliment somebody and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that people. Oh well, I, I didn't even shower today, or oh, I didn't, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but my hair's a mess. It's like. Mm -hmm. Oh, these excuses. So. Well, especially if, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think especially for women in our culture too, uh, you know, however you identify, but, you know, we're sort of taught if you're a, a femme person that you're supposed to be modest, right? You're supposed to be a good hostess. Uh, you're not supposed to take up too much space or make it about you or be too boastful. And so I think especially for women, this is tough because maybe you've been taught um, that you weren't supposed to 
um, receive so much. You were supposed to give and give and give, um, including your body. And so this is a lot of undoing. That's fascinating. So do we think that's just our culture or our upbringing or just the American way of watching bad movies with boys giggling to get us here? <laughs> um, that's a huge part of it, I think. And just like systemic uh, intergenerational trauma, I would say. So tell, what kind of stuff did you at your workshops? Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so I actually have one coming up um, on August 19th called Play Date. Um, I'm hosting it with another somatic uh, sex coach uh, who specializes in, in sexuality as well. And this is like a good uh, event for folks who are struggling to connect with like play and pleasure, people who are maybe feeling really burnt out. And it's kind of almost, I want to say like a retreat for your inner child and helping you connect with that in a way that will hopefully help your relationships, including business, sexuality, uh, connecting with others. So it's basically helping people kind of come back to themselves and learn to play again um, under the sort of guise that we know that play helps our brains grow. Um, when we play, it increases neuroplasticity, meaning your brain's ability to change. Um, and pleasure is kind of in that same vein. And so folks a lot of times think that they have to like wait until they're healed quote unquote to be able to play um or that play is a uh, a privilege not maybe a human right that pleasure is like medicine and a human right so it's kind of helping people see that play and pleasure is medicine um and then I've got another one in Oct on October 14th and 15th called Pleasure Connection. Um, and this is a little more sex and intimacy based for people who are struggling to start the conversation around pleasure in their own life and with a partner. It's open for singles and partnered people. Um, so, you know, I love these kinds of community events because it also helps people feel normal that like other people are struggling with this too and you're not alone. That's beautiful. Now, if I'm somebody going, okay, this, I, I know I need all this, I, yeah. my, my personal life, but okay, if I go to this workshop, are they worried like, they, they, like to know it's a safe space? What are they mm -hmm. picturing? Orgy with, with 900 yeah. people that you don't know <laughs> and you're thrown into it like, like this. Yeah, totally valid question because yeah. there are people who, whenever they see anything related to sex and pleasure, they're like, oh my God, well, I have to take my clothes off. Is this going to be a sex party free for all? Like what is happening here? Um, for both of these, we offer like intake calls so people can get their questions answered and FAQs. And uh, these are more beginner level things. So at, at both of them, there's no like nudity or overt sex happening. It's more kind of healing from a um an internal place a psychological place and a community space uh to then figure out how you want to integrate it into your physical life so there are sort of uh embodied practices but it's um ideally for people who have those questions pop up and are afraid of that that's fabulous i love yeah. it so how is it working in our world of sensuality sexuality pleasure yeah. Yeah. Um, with all the new fluidity and gender and things, people like coming out of whatever kind of closets that they had, mm -hmm. is that causing more openness or more confusion or? I think it depends who you ask. I think for folks who maybe grew up in a very um, restricted kind of binary 
culture. Um, for some of those, it can feel confusing. Um, and I think it's confusing because it sort of is forcing them to maybe question their own experience with reality. And that can feel very scary uh, for a lot of people to question that. Um, but on the other side of things, I think it's opening up for a lot more opportunities and creativity to make pleasure anything you want it to be. Um, and so there's a lot of space now to create and co-create magic together um, in a way that is much more expansive. I was just going to go, so do we think it's religion that messed everybody up originally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not just that. And I, I don't want to, if you're listening and, you know, I'm sure if you're listening, you're a spiritual person, maybe you also would identify as a religious person. I see a lot of clients who are religious and want to maintain you know, parts of their sort of moral code within the religiosity. And so I don't think it's it's everything. Um, in fact, I have a colleague who is a sexologist who works within her church setting. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, but I do think, you know, upbringing within that restrictive place can definitely, I've seen it cause a lot of shame for people. Um, and just kind of back to the, I don't know if you've talked about this on the show before, but if you are, a, you know, a magic practitioner um, or want to get into practicing this, you know, there are ways to practice this in a, in a magical way. So I know you mentioned sex magic. Is, is that something you've talked about? No, we haven't. So talk. So again, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you are down for magic, but I have a lot of clients who are not. Um, and so for the clients who don't think that way, again, this is also a science. And so, you know, the more you practice something, the more you do things that engage that sort of neuroplasticity, the more you repeat a narrative, the more it's going to create um, the reality of your life. And so if you are listening and aren't as magic savvy um, or into that, this is also science. And so it's interesting because I, I hear a lot of people like do this. I don't know if you hear this too, but a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm not woo woo. I'm into science. And there's such an intersection between science and physics and quantum physics and magic. Like there's, there's this big intersection. So I, I like to challenge that for people and I want to meet people where they're at. Um, but sex magic, at least you might define it differently, but the way I define it is using the power of the erotic to create what you want. And so eroticism and sexuality is a really powerful energy. There's a huge energy source that we can tap into when we tap into that part of ourselves. And so sex magic is basically using the energy of that to help you get to where you want to be. And so let's say you are struggling with that self-esteem stuff um, that Patty was talking about before. If you are open to um, self-pleasure, and you might not be, you might be in a place where you don't feel comfortable touching yourself in any kind of way. And then I would go back to the beginner, more beginner stuff we were talking about. No, you know, no shame in that. You might be at a different place. But if you are somebody who does engage in self-pleasure, for example, um, something you can do about this is instead of self-pleasuring and thinking about another person or situation or maybe even watching erotic content. Instead, I would invite you to come up with either a, um, an affirmation uh, or something that you're wanting. Um, so that could be like, I, I love myself more. And I want to invite you to do it in more the present tense. So not like, I will accomplish this, but like, I am this right now. And as you're exploring your body, as you're self-pleasuring, um, you want to repeat that 
um, and almost see if you can get to a place of pleasure, sometimes orgasm, sometimes not, it doesn't always happen. Um, but see if you can sort of, as you're feeling the energy of arousal, seeing if instead of like giving, giving that away to another person or situation or fantasy, instead you're transmuting that energy, alchemizing that energy into this thing that you're wanting into this, um, this phrase. So for example, if you're kind of, you know, touching and just experiencing, you know, pleasure on your body. And instead of thinking of someone else, you're like, I am so hot. I am so beautiful. I deserve pleasure. I deserve more pleasure. You might not believe it the first hundred times you do this, but you're saying it in the now as if it's happening now. Um, and you're using the energy of arousal and desire to increase that neuroplasticity in your brain, create that neurochemical magic, and um, and here you have it. Um, so some people will do that with money they're wanting, a job they're wanting, and you know what? All the people I know that practice it, a lot of stuff happens for them. Um, yes. So what, what's been your experience in teaching people about that? Yeah, again, this is only the second time I've taught the class, I think, right. um, but I've been doing this work for a, a long time it's it's power it's energy if, if we do whatever other spellcaster we're a spellcaster or we're working our candles and our herbs and our oils and we're searing yeah. and we're doing whatever we're doing but talk about your body getting involved in something with that self-pleasure with that or whatever pleasure it's uh it's just powerful it's strong and it's directed energy but in exactly what you said you direct it to a certain place versus just i'm picturing about whoever, whoever, or whatever, whatever, um, sending it to magic. It's super powerful magic. Totally. Yeah. And I just saw a reminder of your cute pleasure panties that you have that I've heard great <laughs> things about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I should have, I like pleasure panties. They're oh, power. sorry. Power panties. <laughs> Cle clearly that's on my mind. Pleasure line. Too. <laughs> yeah. Pleasure panties sounds like some cool vibrating yeah. panties, which I think would be great. That would be for, great, great for the next line. Yeah, next line. Just watch those batteries. That's like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's 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 mind, body, spirit, intent. What we're doing, exactly. what we're creating, and where we're putting the energy. So that is great. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you, because again, I I it just is in my private practice, which is not like yours. I'm not that. I know how screwed up people are about pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, relationships. So my people are probably all going, yes, let me find where she is. So tell people where they Thank can you. find you. Well, again, I, if you're listening and you are feeling that way, I just want to reiterate that like, you're not alone and look, this is my field and these other narratives that were non-consensually given to me, you know, about shame and the body and all these things like still pop up for me as well. So just like any other practice, magic, you know, anything like that you do, it is a practice. And so it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. There's going to be dips. There's, you know, it's kind of like washing the dishes. Some days are harder than others. Some days you're like, I thought I already did this dish and here it is back again, you know, haunting me. Um, so 
remember you're not alone. It is a practice. Um, if you felt like you were ready to maybe listen to some content about this and, and learn a little more, um, you can find me on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars um, or at the Sluts and Scholars podcast at slutsandscholars.com uh, or at the link below uh, in the video. Um, you can also find me in terms of my practice and the events I'm hosting on Instagram at Therapy with Nicoletta um, or at Nicoletta V as in victory, uh, Nicoletta V heidegger.com um which it looks like is also below um you've got a great producer i do have a great producer <laughs> <laughs> he's right on it totally um, i'm impressed <laughs> uh okay well i think i i was well we have another minute so so you also do equine therapy as well right yes which is so magical Talk a little bit about that before we go, because yeah. So just uh, in case you're uh, wondering, whenever I tell people I do sex therapy and equine therapy, which is therapy with horses, they're like, "What do yeah. you mean?" <laughs> so just to know, nothing, nothing kinky. Um, it basically is um, working with horses as a way to enhance your healing. So it's an experiential type of therapy where the relationship with the horse um, is utilized to help people practice. Um, in real time, how they want to be in this life. Um, horses are really wonderful, magical, attuned um, prey animals, beautiful creatures that um, can help us work on things like anxiety, trauma, depression, confidence, relationship stuff, um, sexual confidence, you know, basically, um, you know, we're able to kind of do activities or just be able to be with the animals and, um, kind of reflect on how it is to be with another entity. Um, there's a lot more details to it, but again, it's this kind of way of doing therapy where you get to practice things in real time with the support of a second therapist that is a four-legged, non-judgmental, uh, attuned um, creature. And I, I've seen it be really helpful for folks. So I actually moved my office to a ranch. And now, you know, when people feel like they need to bolster the work that we're doing with some animal time or sometimes people just come see me for the animal work um we get to to be there and um, be in nature together and that's beautiful yeah that's i would love to get you out there i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming so okay so um and I, you i cannot recommend this woman enough she's just so magical and so i've heard her speak a few times she's spoken in my class before um but check her out because many of us have all sorts of little issues and a lot of it as you said is from trauma and childhood and things and some of it is just how we grew up with but thank you for bringing your magic to my witching hour nicoletta oh thank you for trusting me to uh share this uh sacred space that you've created and did you give your website oh yes we gave it all and i um i heard everything i don't remember the website so yes check it out it's magical it's beautiful so let's all discover our pleasure shall we thank you thank you